Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, Internet. Dave, Helen, Netter, L, and Tori. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and we start every week with good things. So, Craig, tell me about a good thing. So, as these guys can attest, I've been playing the new Pokemon game. Uh, as of this recording, that is Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, that can be my good thing. Um, I know some of the reviews are a little mixed. Some of the fans are like, eh, they removed Pokemon. You know what? Whatever. Finally. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's a really fun game. Um, the thing I enjoy most about it, though, is that there's a ton of quality of life improvements that I feel will make it hard for me to go back and play the older Pokemon games. There's there's a lot of stuff I like. The biggest thing I like is that they pulled it from the Let's Go series, is that you could see the Pokemon in the world, and therefore... You could just go fight the ones you want to fight and capture. You don't have to do random battles. I love that. That cuts down on the grind so much. You get XP for capturing Pokemon, which is great. Again, cuts down on the grind time. There's a lot of different ways to get XP for your Pokemon that doesn't involve fighting. Again, cuts down on grind time. That is the thing that burned me out before is that I'd be grinding to capture certain Pokemon or I'd need to level certain ones up. That's all gone. The wild area, which is the new free area, free roaming area, is really cool. I like it. Um, it's a lot of fun. And honestly, I think it's a great starting Pokemon game. If someone has never played a Pokemon game before, I think this is the one you should recommend. Again, for the quality of life improvements, the introduction, the feel, and everything like that, I think it's a great game to get started with. Pokemon. What, what about someone who hasn't played since Gen 1? Yes. That was my question, too. Yeah. <laughs> who who was your starter? Who'd you go with? I did fire. Um, that's that's uh, Scorch Bunny. Scorch Bunny. <laughs> I don't know their names. Um, and you know what's weird? I only started playing Pokemon 10 years ago, and I'm surprised at how much information I've actually learned over time. Like, I know certain Pokemon. I know their typings. I know their weaknesses and strengths, roughly. I don't know. I didn't memorize the whole entire table. But there's certain things I know, and I'm like, why do I know these things? It's just because I play this game sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I, I do recommend it. Uh, the only asterisk I'll put on that is that I'm not entirely certain it's worth $60. Now, I did put 40 hours into it so far. I have beaten the story mode. I'm just sort of finishing up my my decks and um, maybe climbing Battle Tower or something like that. I don't know. Odds and ends. Um from what I gather, the end game isn't as extensive as previous games. Again, I'm like, whatever, because I never gotten this far before. So the game has ca- kept my interest long enough to have it able to beat the story mode. I'm not entirely certain it's worth $60, so maybe wait for it to be on sale. Uh, but again, I've already put in 40 hours into it. I'm probably going to hit the 50, 60 mark before I actually stop. Have you done any online play yet? I play with my wife. Yeah. But you play yeah. online. Well, no, just us. Because you can you can choose to do locally or on the internet. So I just do locally because I don't feel like dealing with the internet. Online with friends, a thing. 
Well, they do have, they do have, um, no, because they don't use your friends list. Although, you can see stuff that your friends are doing if you're connected online, but you don't, there's no priority of joining their battles or seeing their stamps of what they're doing. Locally, you'll see that, which is, which is why it works for me and my wife, but, uh, yeah, so, they, they really sort of dropped the ball a little bit on the internet. The Pokeball. Yeah, they did. Which is a shame, because it'd be great if, like, you had it, and then we could do stuff together. But, unfortunately, it's not there. It's almost like Nintendo didn't make this mistake with the previous title that was released this year. Mario Maker? Yeah. Yeah, but it took them a while to get the online stuff, like, with friends. Still kind of janky. But it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo has a history of being a good two or three generations behind for any sort of online play. This is a true statement. Nintendo, still a good thing. They were the first ones to have online play on Super Nintendo with the satellite view. Yeah. Yeah, that was a thing that happened, I guess. In Japan. All right, Dave. Give me a good thing. My good thing this week is a TV show from way back in the 90s, if you can remember that far back. It's called News Radio. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I've been re-watching it again. I'm like halfway through the second season. Uh, great, great, great uh, cast list there. You got Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. I yeah, Then there's also Joe Rogan. was like just like this young, skinny guy. It's kind of funny to see. <laughs> It was because he wasn't, like, skinny. Um, Phil Hartman, of course. I've the had late, Phil Hartman. And, and much respected Phil Hartman. Yeah, he's fantastic in the show. Um, but, yeah, he was a good thing of mine a little back, uh, way back in a previous episode of the podcast here. And, yeah, I might probably mention News Radio when he was my good thing as well. But And, oh, Stephen Root as well. Really good. Uh, he plays like the the billionaire owner of the radio station. He's got a pretty good range going from someone like Milton or Bill Dotrief to uh, being a billionaire. So it is weird to see all the different roles that he plays in. But yeah, he was in uh, an episode of Star Trek, I believe. He was a Klingon. Was he? Yeah, check Memory Alpha. He was a Klingon in one episode or one of the movies, I think. Okay. No, I don't Root. think he. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, Stephen Root. I don't think that he was. One of the main ones. He's probably right. just there, like in the Klingon homeworld or something. Uh, Steven Root is also a Coen Brothers regular. He hasn't been in like everything. He's not even in like everything from here to here. But he's in more Coen Brothers movies than he's not. Shows a lot of range in those. So, anyways, news radio. It's a TV show about people running a radio station and. A lot of the humor is based on the characters, so it may might take a few episodes to get to know the characters, but then once you do, it just and when and once it starts to click, it's just really hilarious. Highly recommended. Wait, you mean Frasier? No. No, that's a that's a another good series. I guess. I mean it is. I like Frasier. Hey, wait a minute. But Phil Hartman and Kelsey Kramer were both regular voices on The Simpsons. Hmm. I wouldn't call Kelsey Kramer a regular. He's a recurring character. Recurring character, sure, but I don't think anywhere near often enough to be a regular. Not as regular as Phil Hartman was when he was alive. And Phil Hartman voiced, what, five different characters? My favorite is Lionel Hutz. Such a good Yeah, Lionel Hutz. (laughs) Lionel Hutz, Troy McClure, and then a couple of one-offs. 
Yeah. Lyle Landley, the Australian consulate, and Tom. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week is Shane Black. Uh, Shane Black is a writer and director. Um, some highlights are uh, Lethal Weapon. He wrote the screenplay for the first one. Uh, Iron Man 3, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Longest, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Last Action Hero. Uh, he wrote all of those. He directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3. Um, some sort of standard things you see in a lot of stuff he writes and directs is that it's set at Christmas, but in no way is that relevant. Oh, like Die Hard. Uh, he didn't do Die Hard, although if you didn't know better, it, you could very easily guess that that Die Hard was one of his. Uh, but yeah, set at Christmas, Christmas is in no way relevant to what's going on uh, in in the film. Like you guys have seen Iron Man three, right? Uh, yeah, that's a Christmas movie. No, no, it super <laughs> duper is. No, I've never seen it. Oh well, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, but yeah, I just, I enjoy his work for the most part. Um, not everything's a winner. Like, The Predator, the the most recent Predator movie, was a bit of a dud. Uh, but for the most part, I, I he's, he's good stuff. He's enjoyable. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a really, 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 really amazingly good movie. It's got Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer in it. And if you haven't seen it before, and a lot of people haven't, because it didn't really do very well. Number money wise, uh, yeah, go check it out. Wonderful, wonderful film. So, Tori, what's what's your good thing? Uh, my good thing is the Mandalorian that I watched in one sitting. Uh, at the time of recording, there are three episodes out, and I watched all of them, and they were good. So, for the record, I feel like everyone owns Disney Plus, but me. I don't have Disney Plus. I am I'm tempted to get it just because they have The Simpsons. Yeah, they they also have like all these '90s cartoons and stuff. Like, oh my gosh, DuckTales. so many '90s cartoons. Yes, Ducktales and Darkwing Duck and Chippendale Rescue Rangers is on there. But uh, I just got Disney Plus yesterday. I had that other stuff going on this month, and. Uh, so finally got to a point where I was able to sit down and watch a thing. So I got my Disney Plus subscription and binged The Mandalorian. And uh, also, did I mention that's really good? I hear it's good. I have also heard that. I'm sort of resigned to eventually getting it. I don't want to get it. I don't like the fact that Disney owns like a third of all media that gets produced. And like ninety percent of the good stuff that I like is is now owned by Disney. I'm not happy about that, but I'm eventually going to have to give them money, and I don't wanna. I mean, it makes it easy because you just have to focus on one platform. My my only issue is that we already have Netflix and we have HBO Go. It's like I I just don't like that there's multiple platforms. I want one platform. Right. I don't like that either. Remember but when Netflix was the Disney. answer to that? I know. <laughs> Sad days. Unfortunately, need, Netflix... Get... Go ahead, Dave. Uh, I need to get the CBS thing just for like a week so I can watch the new Star Trek series. Right. And Well, well there's two of them. And then just like cancel. <laughs> so on my end, I've got Netflix and they're still making stuff that I like. So I don't want to get rid of Netflix. 
and I've got Hulu, and Hulu has Letterkenny and anime, and I really like that, and I don't want to get rid of that. And I've got Amazon Prime, and they're going to have the Wheel of Time show and uh, the Lord of the Rings show that I'm really looking forward to both of those, and so I don't want to get rid of that. So I have to just add, and I don't want to. Yeah. Anywho, Dave, yeah. Te- tear me away from my from my streaming woes and tell me about some chapters. I'll tell you something else that's good. Uh, a TV show that Disney doesn't own called The Dragon Prince, and season three just came out. And yeah, that's, that, on, that's Netflix, on Netflix. Which mm-hmm. is one more reason why I can't get rid of Netflix. <laughs> Oops. Alright, uh, today we read, viewed, in chapters of Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson, numbers 34 through 38. I'll leave a gap of silence here so that future Mike can see what the chapters are. Warbreaker, chapters 34 through 38. And is that by New York Times bestselling author Brandon Sanderson? I don't have my book with me, so I can't be sure. It's in the other room. <laughs> we suddenly change authors, just so you guys know. I don't know if he's a New York best time selling this time. But I can tell you about chapter 34. Please do. Due to recent events, Nanrova is switching sides. Oh yeah, Brum Monkey referred to Late Song's theory on how returned names and roles are assigned. What if returned roles are intentionally ironic? Blushweaver be all like, don't try to corrupt Light Song. That's my job. Nothing beats a good bath. There's some kind of blue some bubbles joke here. Blonde hair in tub. Blue <laughs> finger. <laughs> we talked about that. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, we were just discussing this. Na- okay, keep going. Blue fingers will get fired if you let Suseberin die. Siri has been talking to God King. Susebron is 50. Bluefingers was a lad during Sue's childhood. So I'm guessing that he probably puts him like 10 years older than Susebron. So he's probably oh. like 60. Yeah. So for, he did mention he has kids that are double. Right. Series. I was actually, I was running the math on this and it adds up. So he says he was a lad. He said he was in the palace all his life, but also that he was a lad when Susebrin was born. So Susebrin's 50, Bluefingers would be about 60, so he could easily have daughters that are series age. Checks out. So does that change your cast list at all? Uh, who did I have cast as? Danny DeVito? He can play an old guy. Yeah, Danny DeVito. I be- it's believable. Okay. I believe in Danny DeVito can be 60 if he wants. <laughs> he might actually be 60. He was 60 in the 90s. No, whoa. No, not that old. He's probably about 60 He now. was born in 44. So that He's makes 75. him 75. Okay, he looks pretty darn good for 75, actually. Yeah. I mean, he still looks like Danny DeVito, but he looks good for 75. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's looked exactly the same for about 40 years. <laughs> which is uh, really right. bad at the beginning of that and then really really good now here at the end yeah it's yeah. like um oh my gosh she's the guy from pink floyd roger waters although he actually went from ugly to handsome he didn't stay the same and it became better on him when he got older he just was ugly when he was young and got more handsome when he got old all right any questions about chapter 34 is, is that your summary yeah, yeah those are all the bullet, well, that's a bullet points. Uh, so Nanrova is this priesty dude who used to be against the war, but due to recent uh, goings on, you know, by by Viviana's hand, 
He's like, yeah, maybe we should go to war. So that ain't good. Uh, I don't think Vivenna is helping that much. And then earlier I had a bullet point that said Rum Monkey and I didn't remember what it meant, but it was Light Song's theory on how the return to get their names they have. Oh, a drunken monkey, yeah. A monkin drunkie picks names out of a barrel and that's how you get such mismatches. Like, why is Light Song the bold, the god of bravery? He's not brave. Why is Blushweaver the honest, so dishonest? But maybe whoever's assigning the roles are they're doing it on purpose. Wait, Blushweaver isn't dishonest. She's manipulative, but she's She's manipulative, well, yes. But she's, she's never well, no, that's she not is dishonest. That she doesn't lie. She's not a liar, but that doesn't make her honest. Right. And we do have that scene earlier with Mercy Star. And she's she's not exactly telling the truth to Mercy Star. She's just right. telling her not, what. There's a difference between lying and not exactly telling the truth. And both are forms of dishonesty. Right. Okay. That's fair. All right. Uh, okay, so then we go over to Siri talking to Light Song, plus we get all jelly, and she's like, hey, that's my man, but I think really she just doesn't want, uh, she doesn't want Siri corrupting Light Song because she's, she doesn't want to be beaten at her own game. Alright, and then Siri goes and takes a path, and Bluefingers meets up with her. This is the only time where Siri is surrounded by Conpar priests and Conpar is a mist was a Condra, right? Pancal. Yes, yes. It was it was the jerk <laughs> Condra. Conpar. Uh, Did Con- Dave just spot Con- a world hopper? What's a world hopper? They that come is from a, a different person who hops worlds. It, they come from a different book. Well, slash oh, like Woody hopper. Harrelson. Yes. Yes. You found holy. Good job. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, there's Blue Fingers, Siri's taking a bath, make some joke about, blew some bubbles, I don't know. There's somewhere in there, I didn't feel like finding it. Uh, blonde hair and tub, yeah, so she gets her haircut, and it's blonde, even then doesn't match the head hair, it stays blonde when they cut it off. And we learned that Blue Fingers has been uh, working hard to get his... Pan call associates jobs in the palace, and when a new god king comes after Sue Severin dies, then his whole staff is going to get laid off, and he wants the best for his people, so he wants to keep Sue Severin alive. Oh, and I guess, you know, Siri has some kind of stake in it as well. I guess, I guess she might be attached to him a little bit. That's, well, that's kind of Bluefinger's take on it. It's like, oh yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I don't want Siri to die either. <laughs> I don't want Sue Severin to die because that won't be good for my people. Oh, you're but saying yeah. Bluefinger's perspective is. Yeah, and Bluefinger's perspective. Like, oh, yeah, I guess it would be pr- tragic for a young, innocent girl to die, too, but whatever. That's okay. secondary. And that's the end of Chapter 34. Cool. Politics. But it is neat that we are seeing a bit of the effect that other characters have on the story. Like, we, the Vena has been doing stuff, and it does play a part, even though they're very separated. Like, the Court of the Gods is sort of closed off compared to the rest of the city. Yeah, all this stuff that Vivenna's been doing and also Vacher, you just you get wind of it in other scenes. Yeah. You're just like, oh, some rebellion happened. You're like, I know what that is <laughs> as yep. you're reading it from another scene. Okay. Uh, okay. So for the record, I'm looking forward to this. To chapter thirty five? Yep. Do it. Okay. <laughs> chapter thirty five. Vivenna finally gets to meet Nightblood <laughs> and Vacher, I guess. 
<laughs> but not Aloysius. No. Apparently, Nightblood only kills people who want to kill people. Alright, let's break this one up. So, Vivena had just been kidnapped by some dude. It turned out to be Vasher. I was right. That was my guess when we left off last week. It was a good guess. And he unclasps the sheath of Nightblood, and he says, pick up the sword. And when she picks up the sword, Nightblood communicates with her telepathically, and he's like, hi, who do you want to kill today? <laughs> and Devena immediately drops the sword, and I imagine this was some kind of test that Vasher wanted to make sure that uh, that Vivena was good-hearted or maybe... He didn't, he, she's expendable if she's bad. Like, I think, I think what happens is when, when Nightblood communicates with you and you have murderous intent, then he turns on you. And that's why all those other people died when they picked up Nightblood. But, okay. uh, Vivena being pure-ish doesn't want to murder people. And yeah, so she doesn't get killed by Nightblood. So when Nightblood starts talking to Vivena here, uh, does anybody else get the Microsoft Clippy vibe? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Clippy. I didn't oh, you think of that, but you're somebody. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard you want to kill someone today. Oh, man. Can I help you with that? Nightblood's so helpful. He's helpfuler than... Yo, dude, what if, like... What if they replaced the Microsoft Assistant with Nightblood? Then people would actually like it. I'd install it. Alright. So... Uh, Vasher heads out, and he's like, now, princess, don't you escape while I'm gone. And she immediately starts trying to escape when he leaves. She awakens uh, the ropes that are on wait, her wait, 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 wrist. Wait, 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 wait. What? You think if Vasher said it in that way, she wouldn't escape? Like, oh, he sounds like a nice guy. I'm not going to try to escape. We'll find out. Okay. Anyway, she awakens the ropes, and Siri awakens and escapes. I hope she didn't just leave that breathful rope behind, and she didn't. She picks it back up in the next. So yeah, she escapes, and she finds her way back through the slums, back to the <clears throat> safe house. Okay, good. Vivena finds the safe house. Okay, bad. But why did they kill Jacques? Denth and Tonkfa blew it. But whom are they working for? So yeah, Vivenna makes it back to the safe house, and oops, wasn't so safe, was it? Well, it's uh, safe for them. It's safe for them. Uh, yeah, bunch of dead monkey and bird. I don't know why they killed the animals. They must have needed to save the frames. But yeah, I can see why they would kill uh, Jack McBrayer's character. Although now I feel Parlin. bad for Parlin. I feel bad for casting Jack McBrayer as Parlin now because he died. And I don't want Jack McBrayer to die. Uh, so anyway, yeah, like, whoop, unfortunate accident. Had to kill Parlin. Sorry. Whoops. Which is why Vivenna didn't need to be jealous of Parlin and Jules. Oopsie-doodle murdered your friend. (laughs) So they are taking orders from someone else who's probably paying them more than Vivenna, or actually, Vivenna might not actually be paying them. So apparently, uh, Parlin, not Parlin, dead guy, the other dead guy. The guy that what breathed on Jeff Bridges' character, the giver, what? the giver. Oh, Lemix. Yeah, Lemix. Yeah, 
Yeah, so uh, supposedly Lemix had paid up to a certain point and Vivenna was riding on that credit, but really they've just been working for someone else and were holding her captive against her knowledge. And so when Vasha came to kidnap her, they thought that she had escaped, hence curling the bird and the monkey and the guy. And they were like, wait a minute, you didn't try to escape after all. Oops, we played our hands. And that's the end of chapter 35. No, she gets away. And she, Vivenna gets away. And that's the end of chapter 35. <laughs> you know what the worst part about being a mercenary is? Oh, God. All of the stereotypes that people say about you are true. True. So what you have to understand is that the animals have been killed over time. It's not like, let's just kill all these animals because Vivenna disappeared. I don't understand this. Go on. Do do you do you know? Have you noticed that the animals oh. would pop up and then they would just disappear and like, oh, I got I know bored why. with it. Actually, I know why. Um, now I'm connecting this with chapter thirty-eight. Uh, Is it okay. 30, no, thirty-seven. Okay, it makes sense now because that's where they were holding their breath. Ah, think about it. And what? Huh? What do you what? Animals can't hold breath. Sure, they can. No, you can you have can't. a life. If you can have a lifeless squirrel, it can have breath in it. No, you're overthinking it. Tong Fa is just a sociopath. Is that it? That's yeah, why the animals he just are kills dead. Things he's for a sociopath. Fun. That's just what he does. I see. He's a sociopath. Yeah. yeah. And then, if you go um, back and you look at all of the scenes with his pets, in like he'll get one, and then like. Vivenna thinks that he's traded it in for the other pet, but it's just no. He's he's killed it and had to replace it. And okay. if you if you go back and reread Tonkfa's lines, he wasn't joking. He was never yeah, joking. He is serious every single time. Dent laughs it off. <laughs> All right. So this was this was one of the good reveals that we were waiting for for you to catch up to. Yeah, yeah. all those spoiler sections we had in the past, we were pretty much talking about this. Oh, you mean nothing but, else surprising's going to happen? No comment? Nope. Right, that's exactly what we mean. <laughs> that was the most surprising thing. It's all downhill from here. Slightly so over question. halfway through the book, and the only twist has already happened. <laughs> so I think the big question is, what do you think, Dave? You didn't really seem to guess this. Nah, they seem pretty cool. Okay, well, now we're also They also seem to be against Vasher, but then again, there seem to be a lot of chaotic neutral forces in this book. Okay. So, I don't know. Like, was this believable, though? The this, this setup and oh, yeah. execution? Yeah, it's, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Anyone else? All right, I guess we're moving on. Chapter 36, Seb. That's all I wrote. Seb. Yep, Seb. What's his Chapter- name? Yeah, it's his name. Chapter 36, we have a conversation between Siri and Susebrin, and I thought it was really cute when she called him Seb. I think it's overall is a nice scene. Uh, in the annotations, it mentions that when he was writing this book, um, he was sort of on his honeymoon with his wife, and and this scene is sort of pulled straight from his life when they were on a cruise and they ordered, uh, what was it, um, house, Dude. what is it? They order food, service. sure, at like 3 a.m. and just indulge themselves in the middle of the night. It's like, because we can. It's like, here's the thing. And, you know, flirting and stuff. Yeah, it was cute. 
Yeah. Uh, the long and short of it is that Susebrin still wants to trust his priest, but he's growing closer to Siri and kind of starting to go along with her. And she's like, if we have to, we might have to return to Hellendren, you and me together, and elope, or whatever you'd call it, if they're already married. And <laughs> Susebrin's like, I don't think it'll come to that, but I guess so if we have to. And that's the end of chapter 36. Okay. Susebrin is... It's a weird position. He's like 50 years old. He yeah, it's looks weird. like he's 20s in he's, his 20s. And, he's and got all he knows the, is the childhood story. Exactly. <laughs> like the witch who was the seductress in one of his stories. And that's how he knows the word seductress. And he assumes it's somebody that tempts you with food. <laughs> I love that. He's <laughs> like, I, th- I think she was going to feed him food. She wasn't going to eat him food. And she's like, yep, good, good, good guess, Seb. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> I love that part, though. Okay, cool. All right, ready for chapter 37? I am. We got some quick chapters in the, in the last half. Yep. Chapter 37, Vivena finds colored toilet paper. That stuff is weird. Who came up with that? I bet it was a halandrin. Vivena gets jumped. Where had she found more tears? Vivena breathes into a shawl. So there's something about, like, multicolored refuse or something it made me think of colored toilet paper and then i just kind of went on like why do they dye toilet paper or not bleach it whatever i mean like, i would what? totally believe that they would do this though and how I, yeah and hallandrin they would have if they even had toilet paper in the slums but hallandrin would be the place of inventing colored toilet paper i don't want to use that to do what you use toilet paper for you mean you wouldn't use brown toilet paper that's different that's just <laughs> not bleached i'm Ew. <laughs> yeah, I can already see some, like, issues with brown talk- toilet paper. <laughs> well, I'm yes, talking about, like, pink toilet paper and baby blue toilet paper and, like, the oh, lepre- no, leprechaun not- green toilet no. paper. Man, Man I am here for all of be. those. White is such a boring color for toilet paper. Give me Girl. some, give me you some know, paisley to- toilet paper. They used to have stuff like that. I remember it like in the 80s, but then it turned out the dye was really bad for down there. So they That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't even it trust it. Make- Do they not make it anymore? I haven't seen it since I worked in a grocery store. Let me dye my undercarriage neon green. Stop being cowards and let me do this toilet paper industry. If it's on St. Patrick's Day, sure. <laughs> Uh, right, so continuing on. Uh, so some guy that she that was there when she did her little soapbox derby in the slums jumps up. He's <laughs> like, "You're so condescending. I'm going to steal your clothes now." So he threatens her with a knife. He takes her dress and her leggings, and all she's left with is her shift. So it's shift versus shiv, but she doesn't give up her shift. She has some. Shred of modesty in her, and where I'm had she sure found modesty so much as just she's at the breaking point? Well, plus, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And then she cries again, and I was just like the line, "Where did she find more tears? Where had she found more tears?" It's poetic. I liked it, so okay. I wrote it down. And then she falls asleep, and then it rains, and that wakes her up, and she's like, and she finds this like dirty cloth to cover herself with, but it's all glowy because she has all the breath. So I think this is actually, she also has like a shawl that she took from Jules as she was leaving. She awakened it, I think. And so she, this is, this part's really weird. 
So she doesn't breathe. She doesn't awaken the shawl. She gives the breath over to the shawl like it's a person. Right. That's she, that's the weird part. How is she going to get it back? The shawl can't. I guess we're going to have to find out. Unless she can awaken the shawl to talk and give it back. Nah, that doesn't make. That's how is she going to do that? Where did, how did you get to get that breath? But uh, she also notices, you know, like she also makes this assumption that this is what Tonk Fa had done to. Right, because she couldn't sense him when she first entered the house, the, the safe house, uh, the most recent time. She didn't sense anyone else was in there, but Tonk Fa was there, which is why he caught her and surprised her. Right, because he was storing his breath in something else. Right. But that's why I thought maybe he was storing his breath in the animals. And that's just a thing he did. And you had to kill him to get him back. But maybe he's just a sociopath. Uh, for the record, once a lifeless is given a breath, you cannot get that back. Ever. Right. Which I believe is established when uh, Aloysius is created. Well, yeah. that's kind of reiterated in 38. But it sounds more like the intruder gave up the breath for Aloysius. Because he had to leave the squirrel behind. But is it? I, I thought the implication was he can't get the breath back because he can't retrieve the squirrel. Right. It's more that's just the property of lifeless. Huh. Any questions about Chapter 37? This is also why it was such a big deal uh, when, when Hoyd was talking about the history, how it was such a big deal that lifeless were made with just one command now, with one, one breath. Oh, uh, right, breath. because you didn't... Because you, you used to have to use hundreds, and those are hundreds you would not be able to get back. That's a lot of breath. So why can't you? Want. Why can't you get breath back from a lifeless? Good question. Because them's the rules. Yep. But it's just an awakening made out of a lifeless husk. Because them's the rules. Chapter thirty-eight may be returned, or actually from the future. Light song gets ready to play urn skip ball, then goes to eat. <laughs> Aloysius is vicious back. That light song sure hates mysteries. Does he hate them or does he really like them and wants to solve them? He hates unsolved mysteries. Okay. That's I do too. That show is garbage. <laughs> You're thinking of Ghost Dad. <laughs> I mean Cosby Mysteries. <laughs> Wait, was that show bad or bad? I never saw it. Well, it certainly didn't age well. Okay, so... Isn't it that Light Song is a prophet and can see the future? Or is he perhaps actually from the future, and when you become a returned, you return back in time? And that's why you have knowledge of future events. Also, when you pass on your breath, maybe you actually are passing on your breath to yourself as yourself or like an ancestor of yours. So I'm starting to build this Dave theory about how po Returned are possibly from the future. Oh, man, we haven't had any good posts in Dave theories in a while, so I'm hoping to see some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, what's but, the deal, Dave? Why are you slacking? I'm making one right now. Maybe Returned are actually from the future. Theory. I mean, doesn't count if you credit, didn't post it. To give him credit, we haven't had much theory crafting required at this point. It's all been politics in some degree. Yeah, my fort is really more about uh, the science of the magic. Right. Not trying to guess who's going to die or who's going to betray whom. That's right. Or who's going to die, whose hair. So now that we're starting to get more and more glimpse into the magic system that exists in this particular novel, I think we might see some stuff. 
Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to start. And also, this was the last chapter of this week's reading, and I just finished it up right before this recording. Well, a couple hours before. So I need to put some more thought into it. But yeah, I think Light Song's actually from the future and then pro- probably died, went back in time as Light Song, and he'll have to give up his breath to save his own life or to save like his ancestor's life somehow. You know, bootstrap paradox himself back by using up his returned breath. Um, yeah, working on that one. Okay, well, while we continue with the chapter. All right. So after a week of hard work, Light Song's priests have decoded Aloysius, and he's using these urns that are all color-coded for the different gods and putting pebbles in them and counting how many priests enter the palace. And certain priests, I believe, Mercy Stars included. Mercy Star is the one that was invaded, Everyone is included. Yeah, Mercy Star is the one where he actually saw the... Yeah, Mercy Star only had a handful of priests come in through the front gate, so he assumes that they're all using the secret tunnel. And so he's trying to start theorizing about the secret tunnel, and Blushweaver, who's totally not in on it or anything, is like, why do you keep thinking about that secret tunnel? There's nothing secret about that secret tunnel. Stop trying to figure out the secret of the secret tunnel. That's not a secret altogether. Like, yeah, she's in on it. I don't really think she's like that. I think it's more she just doesn't care. She doesn't think there's anything big going on. Maybe. Okay. Maybe she just want to come off that way. It's true. For all we know. And Light Song hates mysteries. He does. That's why he needs to eradicate them by solving them. And that's the end of this week's chapters. Hooray. So, yeah. So, this was a big week in general. We got to one of the twists that, that we were talking about that we've discussed in the past. And now you, you're finally able to join us in this. Craig. Um. The what? only twist. We've established that. This is the only twist okay, in sorry. the entire book. I misspoke. I misspoke. Um, hmm. But one of the things I think you pointed out before is way back when the Vena got the breaths from Lemix, she's like, I want to give them out to drabs. Like, I want to give one breath per drab so they can get their breath back. I think this would be the best thing I can do. And Denth is like, hold up. You can't just do that. And I think you might have mentioned, like, why couldn't she just do something with the breath so she only has one left. Yeah, like make an awakening with N minus one breath. Yeah, exactly. You said it, and I think we ignored it because... No, you said that it was... You you confirmed it, actually. Well, yeah, so the the answer is you can absolutely do that. Denth ain't gonna tell her that, though, because he wants the breath. Right. But now now you know the reason that Denth didn't explain a lot to Vavena. Why would he? She's a kidnapped bee. he's a sociopath. Well, Tom Fall's a sociopath. He's a ben psychopath. A but yeah, so now that we know the the true motivations, you can sort of read between the lines of some of the stuff, some of the actions, and you can see how Dent has really been driving the whole thing. Like, what? What? Like, the then is like, what should I do to try to destabilize uh, the the Hallingerans? And it's like, well, we're gonna do these things, and then, of course, the repercussions that we see in chapter thirty four is that they are pulling more for war rather than shying away from war. Yeah, it's almost like Denth might have had that in plan all along. Yep, maybe. Hmm. All right, Dave, before we kick you off, do you have any questions for us? Hmm. Are they going to reprogram Aloysius? Oh, this is plot related. Never mind. No, we can't that. talk about him. And that is That is the other big twist that I keep forgetting to not mention there are no other big twists there was one <laughs> twist 
It's slightly yeah. more than halfway through the book. The entire rest of the book is very straightforward. You almost don't even need to read it. You can just sort of guess how it's going to end. I knew it. As That's is standard for Brandon Sanderson. Day. I knew it. We already passed this Sander tsunami. <laughs> Sander tsunami was just even a it's more time. like a sander wave pool in this one. <laughs> you just gotta do secret stuff once halfway through the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, any any real questions, Dave? Nah. Okie doke. Then we will catch you next week, or next episode, rather. Bye for now. So, bye Dave. Bye Dave. And Dave's gone. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Secret stuff time. All right, uh, so the first thing is Dave's future return theory is honestly pretty close, given the information that he has. Because, you know, the Return do get, like, future visions and right. um, endowment, the shard Which, who is... Which, by the way, very clear in, I think it was chapter 38, Light Song wakes up and he actually has an image of him being in the prison cell with Blush Weaver dead, Scoot being nearby, the God King being nearby. Like, he has that vision in his dream. That's That's the future, man. Yep. And endowment, I'm guessing, is one of the uh, the better shards at the whole future vision deal. Yeah, I'm, I highly suspect uh, part of the uh, iridescent tones is that they do come back, that the return come back because they see something in the afterlife and they want to do something about it. And and they mention how prophetic they are. This is, I think, a very clear indication that this is this is a true statement. Like, I believe they do come back because of future sight in some way. Thanks to Endowment. So do you think that Endowment is, like, personally steering this and picking people? Or is it more of an automated process? I think it's still automated. And everything I've seen in the way shards work, I, I believe there's a lot of automation underneath the hood. So I suspect this is still automated. And that's because you do have gods who seem to be indifferent. Um, they, they have a, like, like, you look at Blushweaver and she's like, we got to get ready for war. And Light Song's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, they have different reasoning, so I think it's sort of automated. They see certain things, and therefore their interpretation is different. So I don't think Endowment is steering the ship. Otherwise, I think it would be much more clear over what they should be doing. Or at least there so, would be more agreement. Do you think everyone who dies sees these visions and they just don't all choose to come back? Or are only a few people seeing the visions? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's more likely that only a few people are seeing the visions, um, just because on on any given shard world, like there's a fairly small portion of the population that is even capable of accessing investiture. So, so here's the thing: we look at secret history, Mistborn secret history, and preservation meets everyone who dies. Like that's he feels like that's his task to at least say farewell to everyone. So it's certainly possible that they that at least endowment interacts with people as they die. But whether she gives them visions or not, I'm not certain. I I'm I'm with you, Mike. I don't think that's the case, but I I can be swayed either way. Um, 
do you guys think that Rishadium are returned horses? Ooh, <laughs> I like it. I huh. like it. Interesting. Because I think that Rishadium are returned horses. Biochromatic. See, I, we need the chapter because the Asher. And so, so we were talking about this um, briefly in our spoiler chat here uh, about what, why lifeless need one breath, why you can't get it back, that sort of thing. So I think we're going to discuss it more when we get to the Vasher chapter where he discusses the different types of biochromatic entities because he does give a little bit more information over how they work and we can take that information and apply it to other things that happen in the Cosmere, like shard blades and the horses. Okay, I have some thoughts on why endowment likely isn't directly behind this. Like, why why she wouldn't be directly steering this. Okay. Uh, and that is that the Idrians, uh, at the very least, don't keep their returned around. Like, right. you die, you come back for a week, and then you die again. Sure. Which is, with the exception of, I guess, the, uh, the first returned that they care about, who had the five no. visions. No. And he still dies within a week. Right. With the exception of that, that week just isn't long enough to do anything that matters. Okay. So, if Endowment were steering this, then she wouldn't be returning people who were just going to die in a week and not do anything useful. So, at the very least, like, the Idrians wouldn't be getting any return. Because there's um, no point in giving them return. Right. But if it's an automated process, then it just occasionally happens, which which does happen in uh, Idris. Right. It's just which rare. Is- which is sort of the direction I'm going. Presumably, there are other cultures around the world that um, treat it similarly. Like, obviously, not everybody is, you know, Halandrin, Court of the Gods. Every every return gets a breath a week forever until they decide to kill themselves. Like, yeah, I'm guessing he's discussed this in the annotations that there are different cultures that do different things with the return. But I I don't remember. Just like economically speaking, it doesn't make sense for most of the world to do that. Like, Halandrin is in a fairly, is in a fairly, like, specific spot where, like, they're, they're a trade center, they're extremely wealthy, you know, it's... There's a lot of people that you can get breath out of. Right. So, like, it, it makes sense for them to be able to do this where, you know, it's just not sustainable in Idris or, I'm guessing, a lot of other places in the world. I mean, they essentially need almost 30 breaths a week. Roughly, just just the court of the gods themselves. You need one for every return. You need two or three for the god king. It comes out to roughly thirty per week. So and they need at least that many births in the city, if not more, to to make that sustainable. And that's not even going into like the citywide breath economy. Sure, yeah. Of which you know that is that is a very important thing because anyone who isn't the f- at least the first heightening, which is fifty breaths, just isn't worth dealing with as hold, far hold as the on. nobility and the court of the gods is concerned. I I just had an interesting thought, though. Someone who has a lot of breath, like maybe they purchase some, they have 50 breath, they have 100, something like that. Maybe they do a little awakening on the side. They could totally just do the whole storing of the breath, keep one breath out, and go sell that to one of the gods easily. Like, if you need some money quickly, that is another way you can get some some money well and don't forget that all of the people who came before like everyone who has lived and died who had a breath and they're dead now they're no longer using it like 
those breaths could still be floating around like people could be passing them back and forth forever. So you've got not just everybody who's currently alive, but everyone who has previously lived in the city. Who who actually gave away their breath before they died. And then the, well, the other end of that is, you know, anyone who, you know, had a significant number of breaths and then, you know, died suddenly, not of old age, because once you hit at least the fifth awakening, that's not an issue anymore. Um, or fifth height, fifth heightening, I should say. There's no such thing as a fifth awakening. Um, yeah, once you reach the fifth heightening, you are, age-wise, you are immortal and very resistant to disease and poison, as Lemmix showed. Well, actually, you are immune to diseases. Um, and that's something I, I, I wish we brought it up with Dave, because that was another thing I completely made sure we skipped. When Lemix first died, he, he mentioned, oh, he died from some illness. And then they, they talk about it and they, they mention hits in the various chapters about how you're sort of immune to disease when you have enough breath. And it's, I think it's shown that, uh, the, the Vena has enough breath that she shouldn't be getting sick. Right. But we're not going to, we're not going to get that really nailed home until after, I think, I think about two episodes from now is when she finally takes her breath back after having the very, very, very bad time. Right. And that's when it sort of really comes home that Lemix had to have been poisoned. Yeah, apparently she's of the fifth heightening, which is like 2,000 plus breaths. That's a lot of breath. Does she go all the way to fifth heightening? I thought it was only like third or fourth. Well, that's the one where you get agelessness. They're immune to most toxins. Uh, yeah, but you get partial benefit for like, you always everything. Yeah, each breath makes it harder and harder for disease and stuff to affect you. So, yeah, may- maybe it is. I-, I always thought she was at the third heightening, which is 600 plus breaths. That's where I thought she was heightening. as well. Yeah. So ma- it's just really hard. And of course, he's not just going to get ill. He was poisoned by Denth. And well, yeah. And-, and and also we did also get an indication that the Idrians have been trying to get to the Vena and Denth has been killing them all. That's something else we got to see. Didn't bring up Dave either, but nothing much to say. It's just it's right there in the text. And yeah, Lemix has 100% been skimming so much money from from the Kingdom of Idris. Holy right. crap. Because all he actually had to get was the first tightening so that he could get access to the Court of Gods, and just, that's it. That's all he needed. And he got way more than that. That's true. But we should be coming up on uh, Professor Vasher soon, which is... Uh, that uh, is chapter 40... Well... The Ven and Vasher get together again in chapter 43. I so don't know when that Professor Vasher pops up. That's like two episodes from now-ish. Oh, I haven't chapter checked 46. The chapter I 46 is when we get Professor Vasher. Something to look forward to in the future. Uh, Yeah, that is that is two episodes from now. So that's Professor Vasher. As nice. the diagram foretold. As the diagram foretold. Thank you, Tori, for the diagram. Oh, man, it's going to be so good when Dave actually understands... <laughs> Which is soonish. Is Wave Kings next? Well, it's we don't really get the diagram in Way of Kings. I thought that was more Words of Radiance. No, I think the diagram is mentioned in Way of Kings. Okay. A- at least at the very end when you, you finally see Taravindian is his actual motive. What was that end of Way of Kings? I don't remember now. Well, good thing we're rereading it, huh? Indeed it is. Uh I think I'm gonna get jump back into oh, like keeping oh. up with the with the reading for the podcast with Way of Kings because Freaking love that book. Real quick, I don't know if it applies in the future for when people are listening to this, but 
currently the Stormlight Archives are on sale for Kindle or just at Amazon eBooks, uh, three dollars each. So if anyone wants to pick them up, hopefully they're still on sale for you in the future. I know people who will be listening to my channel now. It most definitely applies, but unfortunately, I don't know by the time this episode comes out if that'll be true. But still, check it out. It might be three dollars. Be right back. Going over to Amazon. That is a heck of a deal. And if you buy the ebook, it doesn't weigh 800 pounds because it's a brick. So we should actually tell Dave to pick up the book now. Yeah, probably. So, all right. You guys have anything else? We had we didn't do spoiler time for last week. So did you have anything you were saving from them? I don't remember. I mean, there are no other twists in this book, right? So That is correct. Zero additional twists. You know, we can we can drop that now that Dave isn't here. You know, just Light Song having been a detective scribe. Right. And uh, he got visions of the future. And Vasher's actually a good guy. And how Vasher killed um, Arsteel. Oh, Arsteel. Who is Claude. And how he uses it to kill Denth. And the five scholars. And yeah, no, there's there's nothing. There's nothing left in this book. Oh, and uh, Khaled's Phantoms being a thing. That's true. Um, one thing I did, I was thinking about while reading these chapters, though, is that in general, I'm not entirely certain how much effect Siri has. So Siri has this in her chapter uh, 30. I don't know. It was at the end of 34, I believe. When she has that discussion with Bluefingers, she thinks she's being all clever with him. Like, hey. I might be able to have an exchange here. I know stuff that that you don't, or I know what you're up to. And clearly, she's just getting played hard because Bluefingers, the true mastermind of the the whole thing. Oh yeah, N- nothing, um, n- nothing. No interactions between Siri and Bluefingers are anything except Bluefingers completely controlling every aspect of that situation. Right, right. So my thing is, I was thinking about him. Like, how much effect does Siri actually have on the overall plot? We know Vivenna eventually does stuff. Like, once she actually starts to learn Awakening, and she starts helping Vasher, and trying to sort of... She at least convinces Vasher to help. Because at the time, he wasn't sure what he was going to do. He just had to somehow stop Blue Fingers. But with Vivenna, they're able to actually come up with a a, a better plan, and ultimately do something. And of course, Lysong is the one who donates his life for... Susabron, so that way Susabron can kick all sorts of ass. But that's the thing, it's it enables someone else to do something, and Siri just sort of becomes a person that needs to be protected. So I'm sort of like, how much effect do each of our characters have on the overall plot? Fel uh, Knight actually about. answered before I could, because he can type while you're talking, and I can't talk while you're talking. Yeah. Uh, and he said, Siri empowers the God King. And that's... Right, it's it's character interaction, and that's I think the strength of Warbreaker in general. It's it's a lot about the characters this time. We're trying to avoid a lot of action scenes. It's more about character growth and development in this particular book compared to, right. the, to other ones. Without Siri, um, Susebron stays childlike, and he doesn't get to grow as a person, which means okay. he gets a hundred percent manipulated by. Uh, not his priesthood. His priesthood is on his side, but blue fingers and all of that. You know what? That might have actually gone better because there was a point where Siri trusted blue fingers and didn't trust Trelides, and it, was, it went badly. 
So no, that might have actually gone better. No, at the at the very last moment, she realizes that Bluefingers is up to something. She hesitates, and the truth sort of comes out. Right, but without that, or without her, he would have just trusted his his priests and trilities. They would have gotten him to safety, no complications. I'm not convinced because I think there would have been complications, and they would have sent him with Bluefingers, and then. Although Bad the, uh, what is, what is Bluefingers, people's... Pancal? Pancal, thank you. All I had was Conpar. Thank you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> the the Pancal likely would have taken the palace for a short time, but yeah. I don't think they could have held it. Well, so, so look at, look at all the stuff. Their job isn't to fully hold the palace, though. Their job is, one, try to break some of the lifeless. Two, send the lifeless against... Idrians, so therefore Halindrin is not protected, and then three start a rebel. They wanted to recreate the many war. They weren't just trying to start the conflict against Idrian. That was just an excuse to get the lifeless out of the way and make Halindrin less protected. So therefore, other nations or the rebellions can actually do stuff against the Halindrin. He wanted the all-out destruction of Halindrin. I don't think it would have worked that well because the Idrians are just way too weak to hold to. To keep the attention of of the no. Halandrin for for long enough for that to matter, they they don't need to do it for that long. They need a couple months enough so that way, if there were any, uh, and I'm sure there may, might be some other armies out there who are just waiting for this opportunity. He just needs an opening. He needs a month, maybe two months, which is the time it would take for the lifeless army to go to Idrian to ransack it and to return. I think I think it was just a ploy for time. He was destabilizing the priesthood. He, he had the whole thing. Like, he was going to kill the God King, remove all those breaths, done. I don't know. Just what we know of his plans, I don't know that long-term it was viable. Okay. I'm I'm hoping that there were other longer-term plans that would have come into play that we just never found out about. Right. Because I'd like Bluefingers to not be extremely smart for 90% of the book and then just a drooling idiot for the last bit. No, I th- I think there's more that we just don't see. I suspect he has some sort of alliance set up with Yeasteel, who we still haven't met or seen. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, let's pre- let's I pretend that, that that's true until we learn otherwise. Right. I suspect we would see that in the sequel whenever we get that. I mean, isn't it like is? I seem to recall there was something like that in the Copper Mind that said right. that that's what he was doing. That's I recall that as well. Yeah, I think if you look up his entry in the Copper mind that it says that. Okay. Well, you guys are better at this than I am. Well, if we actually remembered the stuff that we read, maybe we would be. There's a lot of read. So, all right. Uh, anyone have anything else, or should we go ahead and call it for the night? Yeah, absolutely. No other twists in that book. None. Zero. You know, Aloysius came back. How about that? He had some screen time this this he episode. Did. He's the best. I really hope he's in the sequel. Kind of like right. the uh, undead monkey from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies that they named Jack. That's he just, true. He just, he's just there all the time. I, I hope that's Aloysius's job in in future Warbreaker and possibly Stormlight books. Maybe he's secretly a world hopper. Man, I see no reason for a, a lifeless Ooh. squirrel to not go to Roshar. I just remember something. When the Vena finally interacts with Vasher, there's a comment in the text how Vasher has a weird accent. And as we pointed out to Dave, when someone has a weird accent or is described 
as looking as a weird combination of traits, they're probably a world hopper. Now, we know Vasher is from Nalthus, but he has world hopped, at least to Roshar, in the past, which is why he knew about Shardblades and was trying to sort of create his own with Nightblood. But more importantly, he's from like 400 years in the past. So, of course, his accent's going to be a little weird. 300. And I think the reason he has a weird accent where Denth doesn't is because he's just not a people person, so he didn't put any effort into it. Where Denth sure. would have. Yeah. But, well, okay, 300 years was the mini war. I suspect they were older than that. That's why I said three to 400. Sure. Well, I guess the first king, I don't know. Hoyd mentioned it. But yeah, the whole point is he has a weird accent. Dave didn't seem to mention it or, or look it out. We are going to have to emphasize it as we start getting to Way of Kings and more importantly, Words of Radiance, because we do start seeing more world hoppers. Dang. So I had forgotten about him having a weird accent. If I had remembered about it, I totally would have had him cast as Christopher Lambert. Okay. You've seen Highlander, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure at some point in my past I have. Oh, you should go watch Highlander, like, right now. Like, we should stop recording and you should watch Highlander. <laughs> Don't bother with the sequel. It's... I know, I've heard. It might be the worst movie ever made. It's definitely I in the running. I have just purchased Stormlight Archives for my ebook. Woo. And, right. ooh, even better, Starsight comes out in, like, two days. Yeah, that's exciting. I am not getting it right away, but I will get it eventually. Alright, ending on a good note. So yeah, gonna cut it here. Uh, so, bye everybody! Good night, bye. Internet! This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.